We have been diligently walking ourselves through this fantastic book in the scriptures. Uh, we took a couple weeks break over the last couple weeks as my family and I were on vacation, but we return today, and it is an awesome one to return to. Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to do uh, verses 10 through 13 this morning, and essentially this is the setup for a passage that might be familiar to some of you. It's the passage in Scripture about the armor of God. It's this concept Paul's going to teach, and we're going to unpack it over the next several weeks, what it means to really be equipped to handle the evil in the world around us and in our own hearts. So this morning, what we're going to look at is that evil. We're going to look at what exactly are we putting on armor to combat. And the way that I... Um, Well, no, let's read the passage first. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 13. You can see it on the um, screen behind me if you'd like. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. To stand firm. All right. To get our minds flowing, to get you thinking a little bit about this passage, we've got some images for you today. Has anybody here ever actually done real wrestling in their life or watched it before? Have you ever watched real wrestling? Yes, I thought we would need images up there because us Southerners don't really get this sport. Now, my, dad, my parents are from the Midwest and my father wrestled all the way through high school and all the way through college. So I grew up knowing what wrestling was, but many of us don't. Many of our schools don't even offer wrestling, but here it is. There's another one, okay? Notice a few things about real wrestling. You may have seen it in Olympics, but notice how much of the two people's bodies are touching. Yes, take note. And finally, okay, there you go. So this is a particular hold, and uh, you can't really tell because it's not, I don't have a video to show you today, but his, the way that this guy, the guy in the red uh, from Ohio State, the way his legs are locked around the back leg of the guy he's got on the ground, and the way that he has his arms coming up to wrap his leg and his arm together, he, in just a moment, and I can't show you in real time, is going to be unable to move. This is, my dad used to do this to me when I was a kid because he wrestled when he was in college. But he could get me, and we'd go on the ground, and I'd be like, Dad, I'm going to take you down. And I'd have him, and I'd get him, you know, in a headlock. And, and within five to six seconds, he would reverse me on the ground, wrap me up, and I felt like I had been tied as a gift or a, a, with a bow. <laughs> because here's what's so cool about real wrestling. It actually will take your own strength and use it against you. So that's what my dad would do with me, and that's what's happening in that picture that you can see right behind me. What that guy is doing from Ohio State is he is going to actually make it so that the guy on the ground, I assume he's from Michigan, 
He is going to struggle and he's going to push and he's going to pull and all of that energy that he's going to use is actually going to be going against him. Because that's a true awesome wrestling hold does that. Now, the importance of these pictures, and I will just leave that up there, um, and, and we'll take it down in a minute, so I'm sure you'll get too distracted by it. But ultimately, this is what Paul is talking about in our passage this morning. The best translation of what Paul describes here is not for our battle is against flesh and blood, not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities of this present darkness. That is not the best translation, in my opinion. The best translation is for we wrestle. The term that Paul is using was used in Greco-Roman wrestling at the time. And Paul was trying to get something very specific across to the people that he was dealing with. He was saying, there's something that you will understand about the evil in your life if you can see it as wrestling with evil. That's the battle, that's the attack that you are under. And here's what he's trying to say to us. Evil is very intimate with you. This is not... Evil does not fire arrows at you from a distance. It's not a shotgun or a sniper rifle from across the way. It is so close to you and it is so intertwined with your life that most of the time you can't even see it. The evil that really has a grip on your life often will be needed to be pointed out by someone close to you because you can't see it. It's so intimate. And the other thing Paul's going to get to, and we're going to discuss this further in our passage, is that it is incredibly subtle. It's almost hidden. So I want you to just keep that in mind as we go into this struggle, this wrestling match. But finally, I've got to make one more kind of introductory remark. And this one, I hope, will settle in on you today as we walk through this passage. Our struggle our wrestling match with evil for each one of us is life and death. It's life and death. It's not just, well, I'd like to get a little bit more information about Christianity or I'd like to hear a little bit more about Jesus or I'd like to add some religious things into my life. The way the Bible describes it, the way Paul is going to give it to us here this morning is it is for you, not for your family, not for that, that you know, drug addict you saw down on the street this weekend, not for them, for you. It is life and death. That's how quickly evil can move in on your life. I, I, I'm not doing this. Paul's not doing this just to scare you This is not a fear tactic. It is a simple fact that the scriptures give us. So let's dive in. And let's dive in by breaking it down as follows. The first thing we're going to look at, know your opponent. The person you're wrestling with, know your opponent well. Paul gives us some pointers on how to do that this morning. And then next, we're going to look at making a game plan for the wrestling match. Making a game plan for the wrestling match. You'll find that printed in your bulletin this morning because there's three ways that we make a game plan according to Paul in this passage. We be strong, we get dressed, and we stand firm. And then we'll conclude with that. Okay, here we go. Know your opponent. You have to understand the nature of evil if you're actually going to begin to fight it well. And here is the nature of evil. Paul gives us some descriptors. Our struggle, our wrestling match is not, okay, yeah, we're back at the passage, good. Our struggle is, I'm jumping down in the passage a little bit, is not against flesh and blood, but against the principal, let me read it straight up. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, 
against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. His main point is evil is transcendent. Evil, be careful of locating evil directly in a particular person or a particular institution. Paul's saying it transcends that. Yes, there is evil in particular people or working on particular people, and there is evil that is working very strongly in particular institutions and particular systems in this world, but it is not themselves that are the problem. It is not flesh and blood that we are fighting against. It is not something where you can pick up a shotgun in your house and you can take on evil in the real tangible world. He's saying there is a transcendent nature to this. Now, I know, and so I wrote it down here, that in our culture, that is not very acceptable. I don't know where you stand in particular, but we live in a time and a place and a culture where evil is thought of much more as particular people or as a system or something that we can tackle through great um, medical science or something we can tackle through really good psychology or something we can tackle through particular ways of doing life or five steps towards being a better person. I get that, okay? But the Bible is teaching, and I firmly believe, that evil is real, that it's transcendent, and that there is a personal nature to it. There is a real personal devil that exists in this world. Okay, I'm just going to lay that out there. Now, I'm going to make a case for that as we go along in our passage this morning. But um, one of the things we must realize is that because our battle is against this transcendent evil, our tactics also have to be somewhat transcendent. And that's what Paul is going to get into when he talks about the armor of God. He's going to give us tools and resources and weapons that are themselves transcendent. I get ahead of myself. Okay, second thing. That's the first thing about evil. Our our opponent is not a person. (laughs) If you are fighting a person in your life and saying, I'm battling evil, you're probably on the wrong path. Okay, it is something that transcends a particular person, though it is within us. So, okay, the next thing. Evil is very subtle. I've already mentioned this, and it's kind of like that wrestling picture I showed you. It's difficult to see. It is hidden. Evil is always wrapped in the good. Notice how Paul describes evil as being attached to the best things in life. What are the best things in life? What do you think about when you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed at night? I'll tell you what you think about. You think about being successful. You think about making more money than you currently have today. You think about getting a better job than you currently have today. You think about getting more stuff. It is what we do as human beings. We want to rise. We want to be more famous than we are currently. We want to get more recognition than we currently get. And what Paul is teaching us here in this passage is that evil knows that. And evil attaches itself to that which rises. Now, you've all heard it before and you've thought it before of like, hey, you know, the phrase power, what? corrupts and absolute power. Right. There's some truth to that, at least according to what Paul's saying here. But it's not the power itself that corrupts. It's the transcendent evil behind the power that corrupts. And one application for us this morning is that y'all watch out. We have got to watch ourselves in this regard. 
If you become successful, it is more likely that evil is going to wrap itself more deeply into your life. If you talk to most, not all, of course, but most of the people who work on Wall Street, and you ask them what their origins were, well, I grew up in a small town, and I you know, worked my way up, and I became you know, a little associate member of my firm that I'm working on, and, you know, and then I worked my way up, and I had some ambition, and they would tell you a little bit about their job, right? Somebody who worked on Wall Street and how they kind of rose. But they wouldn't say this to you. Well, when I was younger, I thought, how can I get into a position where I can exploit the poor? I can't wait. How can I get into a position where I am working for companies that are decimating communities all throughout America? Would they tell you that? No. Of course not, right? But somehow, through the way they kind of worked up in their job, they got to a point where they are actually supporting companies that are decimating communities in America. They're, it's happening, right? They, all of a sudden, they were like, well, I just fell into the position of working for that particular you know, company that has destroyed small business everywhere around the United States of America. Okay, again, I'm not painting those companies as evil. Hear me out. I just said the companies themselves are not evil, right? It transcends that. But, y'all, check yourself. You, I don't know how ambitious you are in particular, but the, the evil in your life will wrap itself more tightly around you and blind you more as you succeed. <laughs> it's, I don't know why it works this way, but it just is how it works in the world and in our own lives. Evil attaches itself to power, to success, and blinds us all in that regard. So very subtle, very difficult to see. Okay, that's the second point about evil. And finally, and this is, I think, an important one. Oh, no, I wanted to mention, okay, sorry. The thing about evil being really subtle is um, it usually takes several people in your life to identify it for you. This is a really, really, really tough point. But is there something that people kind of continually tell you, like, you know, you should work on X, Y, Z. You know, you kind of, you kind of are rude always in that situation. <laughs> you probably should start to take note, especially if it's your spouse. Like, you know, maybe I do have a problem there. One of the things I mentioned to y'all earlier this year was this guy that I've gotten to know working at a coffee shop. And he's like, you know, you're really passive aggressive. And I was like, no, which is kind of passive aggressive in itself. (laughs) Meaning I have discovered something about myself. My wife can verify this. I have a lot of anger down, down deep. I've got some serious resentments piled up in this heart of mine. And God's like, okay, you need to deal with that. This evil is getting a foothold in your life. That's one of mine. There's many more. I don't know which ones in particular you have, but you may need to, this week, ask someone. It's going to be the hardest thing you ever do, but say, shoot me straight. Give someone permission, a a close friend, a spouse, shoot me straight. What do I need to work on? And and get ready. (laughs) Evil has a foothold. 
in your life. It, the Bible teaches us that. Okay, finally, the last point about our opponent, our wrestling opponent, is that we need a defense. And this is what Paul is giving us against this, this wrestling opponent that is very wise. Now, be careful here. Paul describes the nature of evil. He describes how we're supposed to attack evil. Please avoid these two pitfalls. Be wise. Here are the two pitfalls that people generally fall into, including myself. We either underestimate the power of transcendent evil or we overestimate the power of transcendent evil. How do you underestimate the power of transcendent evil? Well, it is the approach of many politicians, doctors, psychologists, counselors, and it's this idea that you can give a human being a set of tools or a set of human policies or a set of human drugs, or a set of human reasonings, or a set of human willpower, and then we can tackle the problem of evil. Okay? Those are not bad things in and of themselves at all. Okay? These are good things. We, we, we all need counseling, and we need particular drugs in, in our lives. Okay. Prescription drugs in our lives. <laughs> but y'all, it's not enough. It's never been enough and it never will be enough because the enemy is transcendent. That is an incredibly oversimplistic way to actually tackle the problem of evil in your life. If you have decided that those are the only means that you are going to attack the evil you see in the world around you and in your own heart, it's not enough. Paul's telling us here this morning. So that is, a, that is an underestimation of the true transcendent power of evil. Okay? Now let's talk about another one. It's also possible to overestimate the power of evil. And here's a phrase that goes along with the overestimating the power of evil. It's just a demon. You ever heard that one? Or, or, or let me think of some other phrases here. This is the approach of many in the, the Christian world, even today. Um, just cast it out, right? And then, you can, and, then, and then the problem of evil can be solved in your life. Or come to this conference or come to this healing session with these healing prayers, and we can fix it in one fell swoop. Um, this is also much, much too simplistic. It's much too simplistic. Now, don't hear me out. This is not discounting the power of healing prayer. Okay? This is not discounting the fact that God can and does work in miraculous ways in our life. But it's never a quick fix. Because that's what Paul is getting out of our passage. The, the assault on evil that you have got to make a part of your life probably will involve healing prayer. It probably will involve major works of the Spirit, but it's ongoing and it's lifelong. It's never a one-time quick fix. Do not let, if I ever say it, you boot me out of this church. And do not let any televangelist or any other minister ever tell you that there's this one-time thing that you can come to and you can be quick fixed of whatever besetting sin is in your life. Evil doesn't work like that. It's back the next day. And that's what Paul's teaching us here this morning, y'all. It cannot be removed completely in one second. Now, I have to qualify that too. It does need to be attacked head-on on a consistent basis, and it does need to be confronted by the Spirit of God, okay? So don't hear that the wrong way of like, Nathan doesn't believe in healing power. Not true. Not true. I just believe that it's an ongoing thing in our life. Okay. So there is a quick 
overview of looking at what our enemy is. What are we actually facing in this wrestling match against evil in all of our lives? And I have a little illustration. As a transition point, as we get into the strategy, the battle plan for attacking this opponent, it's from this book, and I highly recommend it. And I would say, as we get into the armor of God, it could be one of the most important things that you read. Are you ready for this? I don't know if you like to read or not, but here it is. It's by, you've heard me mention this guy a lot, so you're welcome. C.S. Lewis. I love C.S. Lewis. He wrote a book, and it's called The Screwtape Letters. It is absolutely phenomenal. It's not scripture. But what he does in this book is he describes an apprentice demon talking with his mentor demon. The mentor demon's name is Screwtape, and the apprentice demon, who's just getting a grips on the ropes of what it means to attack someone personally in their life, and he's teaching him. His name's Wormwood. And here are a few... That, I'm just going to read a few quotes from the book, just a couple, to give us an idea. Here, and here's what I think is so important about this book. C.S. Lewis does a phenomenal job, way better than I could ever do, about showing the subtlety and the... The, the tiny ways that evil works its way into our life and really begins to get some domin- dominance in, in all of our own lives. Okay, he, here, here is Screwtape, sort of the guru demon, talking to his apprentice, brand new demon. And here's what he says to him. Never forget that when, when we are dealing with any pleasure in its healthy and normal and satisfying form, we are, in a sense, on the enemy's ground. The enemy being God. I know we have won many a soul through pleasure. All the same, it is his invention, that is God's invention, not ours. He made the pleasures. All our research so far has not enabled us to produce one. All we can do is to encourage the humans to take the pleasures which our enemy has produced at times or in ways or in degrees which he has forbidden. Wow. See the subtlety there? See the subtlety? They're admitting, the demons are admitting They produce no pleasure, no real pleasure. We just twist what God has given to all of us as human beings. Okay, again, another one. Indeed, says, this is screw tape talking. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Subtlety. Here's another one. Um, For as things are, Your person has now discovered the dangerous truth that our attacks don't last forever. Consequently, you cannot use again what is, after all, our best weapon. The belief of ignorant humans that there is no hope of getting rid of us except by yielding. By yielding. Here's, I I love this one. This one speaks, I just told you about some of the anger that I struggle with. This one, this one nailed me. But here, again, Screw tape talking to Wormwood. But here, as in everything else, the way must be prepared for your moral assault by darkening his intellect. Men and women are not angered by mere misfortune, but by misfortune conceived as injury. And finally, there are things for humans to do all day long without his minding in the least. That is his, meaning God's. Sleeping, washing, eating, drinking, making love, Playing, praying, working. Everything has to be twisted before it's any use to us. Again, highly recommend the book because it's such an incredible picture of the 
very small ways that evil twists our thinking. It, it, it happens imperceptibly, but all of a sudden we're on the wrong track. And as I mentioned earlier, I truly believe this, it is a life and death battle. We must be careful. Hence what Paul is getting to in our passage about putting on the armor of God. And that's where we're headed right now. What do we do about this problem of evil? This transcendent evil that is real and that is a part of every single one of our lives. None of us have escaped the ravages of transcendent evil in our life. Paul lays it out for us this morning, and we're going to unpack the entire armor of God over the next several weeks. But here it is very quickly. Number one, he says, be strong. He starts out with this, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Then secondly, get dressed. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes. The schemes. Notice he uses the word schemes. These are, these are ways of twisting things, of getting down deep into the, 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 the hard parts of our life. And then finally, we have to get dressed. And then finally, he says, um, stand firm. And that's, that's near the end there. He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand on the evil day and having done all to stand firm. I'm going to run through these rather quickly just to give you a heads up. First of all, be strong. He says, be strong. This first encouragement or exhortation by Paul is, begs a question, doesn't it? Are we weak? <laughs> Do you feel weak ever? I have, we have a term in our house, hangry. <laughs> Anybody ever here been hangry? You know what I'm talking about? Been hangry before? Are you really hangry right now? And you're like, dude, up front, wrap it up! <laughs> But it's when our bodies don't have enough food in them and we start yelling at people. It, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get across a point. Or have you ever found that temptation, I don't know what your particular sin is that you really like to indulge in, but think about it for just a second. Doesn't it become much easier to sin when you're just plain tired? When you're weary? And it's like, you know what? I don't have the strength to deal with this today. I'm going to yield. I'm going to give in. Or perhaps it it comes to your mind like this. You know what? I'm tired. But you know why I'm tired? I'm tired because I worked really hard. I worked for all the people I love in my life. I worked at my company really hard. I deserve this. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do it even though I know God doesn't want me to do it, and I know it's a portal for evil entering my life, those things are the farthest thing. Because why? We're tired. Paul's trying to get that across to us, y'all. We're, we're pretty weak. The flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is really weak. And, and the smallest thing can turn us when our bodies are fatigued. He's saying, I want you to connect yourselves to the power of God. And that is what every single one of these armors that we put on, these different things, the helmet of salvation and the belt of truth, every single one of them has to do with the fact that we are saying, God, I have got to be covered by you. I have got to be connected to you. God is the ultimate power source. He is the one who ultimately flows any type of grace or love into our lives. 
And we have got to stay really close. In this life and death struggle, we've got to stay incredibly close to God. And I know you're probably thinking, well, okay, no, I don't want to assume. I sometimes think, and you may also. That's what all the preachers say. (laughs) Pastors, you know, I hear it all the time. You know, I read the book, Christian books occasionally. You know, you pray more, which you neglect all the time. Read your Bible more, blah, blah, blah. No, y'all really? (laughs) Really? If, If what Paul's saying is true, and this battle is really life and death, that's what we got. Those are the weapons that we've been given by God to truly push back the evil in our life and find health and joy and peace and life, that which we've always longed for, but we've never really known how to get. And he's saying, it can be yours. Okay? So connect yourself with God. That's the first thing. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. He's our, this is another way of saying, Jesus has already done it for you. Jesus has already gone to battle. He's already gone for 40 days in the wilderness and been attacked by demons and withstood it. Even though he was hungry, he fasted for 40 days. Even though he was tired, even though he was battered down, he did it for us and he is now with us. That same one who has taken evil head on is always with you and will always go before you, is your big brother and is the constant source of your strength in your own battle with evil. Amen? Okay, next, get dressed. I'm going to run through this really fast. Because the reason I'm going to run through this really fast is because we're going to return to this, okay? The belt of truth. One of the things you're going to find if you really want to combat the evil in your life, and you know you feel it. I know you do. Because if you're anything like me, you, you sense it in your own life. One of the things we're going to have to do is the belt of truth. That means you're going to have to get real honest with yourself and with others. And you're going to have to let it all out. Everything. I know, if you're like me, there's things that you hide. You don't want to tell anyone else about. But Paul's going to say, just get ready for it. Put on the belt of truth. It's got to come out. If you want to remove the evil from your life, it's time. Okay, that's belt of truth. We're going to get much deeper into it as we go forward. Breastplate of righteousness. This means not only the character of the person, but also the fact that we've been given the righteousness of Christ. We, we have a confidence as believers because we have been given the righteousness of Christ. And not only that, we are now enabled to live a righteous life. Which, y'all, if you've ever had a period in your life where you were really walking with the Lord and you were really obeying Him and trying to follow His will, there's a ton of joy that comes along with it. There is this confidence that is attached to it. And that's what Paul's getting across with that. The next thing, the shoes of the gospel of peace. The shoes of the gospel of peace basically just means that we have been given a gospel. We, the people of God, have been given a gospel. And this gospel produces love, first of all, between us and God, but it also, because it reconciles us to Him, but it also reconciles us to one another. And so we can move in peace into the people's lives around us because of the love of God for us. Um, then there's the shield of faith that, that protect from the arrows, the lies, the lies of Satan in our life. We have the helmet of salvation, um, which is basically what gives us a right mind. Because what evil loves to do, y'all, more than anything, is to twist your thinking. You ever have this happen to you? I do. I will have thoughts while I'm brushing my hair or in the shower or driving my car across town, and I'll be like, where did that come from? 
You have these? And you're like, Nathan, that was incredibly dark. But again, that's evil at work. It wants so badly to twist your mind. And the helmet of salvation, we're going to get deep, much deeper into it, is what protects us from that crazy thinking. Finally, the sword of the Spirit. This is not meaning, and it's the Word of God. It doesn't mean we beat people over the head with the Word of God. It's our weapon to slap people around. That's not at all. We're, he, he already has said that evil is transcendent. And so our battle is against transcendent evil, and the Word of God is what battles that transcendent evil. It is not something to bash other people with. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Amen? Amen. 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 Okay, finally, conclusion. Stand firm. Stand firm. What do you think of when you hear that? Stand firm. My first thought when I approached this passage was like, like getting a good, you know, kind of shoulder width apart, kind of a little bit of weight on your back leg, you know, put your dominant leg forward, you know, maybe you have your shield in one hand, your sword in one hand, and then it's like, okay, let's withstand all of these arrows, and, you know, I'm going to be doing some dodging and some punching, but, you know, I'm not going to move from my position. Interestingly, I was surprised to find, as I cranked into the Greek word about standing firm, it doesn't mean that. That's what I thought, but it doesn't mean that. I thought, nope, skipping that. Um, I thought it's called kathergathazai. Kathergathazai. And it means to do. Weird. Because I was thinking, okay, just get my you know, helmet of salvation on and my belt of truth on and got my breastplate of righteousness. Boom! Bring it, evil. Here we go. But that's not at all what he's saying. He's saying, get all that stuff on and then go. Like, do. This is an interesting part of this passage because all of Ephesians has sort of been leading to this point, right? Ephesians is this whole thing about you've been given the riches of Christ. All of the blessings of God's salvation through Jesus have been poured out on you. Your life is awesome. The love of God fills every pore in your being. And now it's Paul saying, that being true, evil, for some reason God has still allowed evil some free reign on this earth, and your battle has only just begun. And you've got to do Hear this, hear this, y'all. Salvation does not come to us by something that we do. Okay? Free gift of God. We are not brought into the family of God by our own efforts. Okay? Got that? Check. Okay? That's got to be locked down tight. Everything is through grace. Everything is a gift. We receive Jesus Christ. We're about to do that with this meal. Okay? Lock that down. But, (laughs) you've got to hear Paul here. He's saying, your life, your battle... If you would not be killed, and he means truly killed, like death, like you die physically. If that would not happen to you, you've got to do. Do. You've got to do stuff. If you're like me, you might be, again, I'm repeating myself, but I think it's important. You think, oh, yeah, like, darn, miss my devotional, you know, haven't done it in a week or two. I, I, y'all, I fall into this all the time. I didn't read my Bible today. Oh, golly darn. You know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, make the prayer on the way to work and whatever. I don't know what phrases you use for yourself. But I often fall into that trap. But it's like this nice little addition to my life. Wouldn't it have been nice if I'd done that? That's not what Paul's saying. 
he is saying evil will get the upper hand. You will find that death is knocking at the door. My uncle, my mom's uncle, my mom's cousin, we think my grandfather, but we're not sure, we're all believers. And they, all of those committed suicide. It's real. It's life and death. The struggle that we have, y'all, arm yourself. And I'm, we're going we're gonna to go deep into it in the next several weeks. But y'all, my, my dream, my prayer for this church is that we would be a church full of healthy joyful Christians. And that doesn't come by just a little teaching on Sunday morning. Oh, there's your teaching. Go have fun the rest of the week. You, you, have to do something. You have to live it. You have to practice it. May you, and I'll, yeah, I'm that guy front pushing for it. May you practice it. I pray that all of you practice it. Don't just think it. Don't just come on Sunday morning, check, check box. Practice it. Pray your, like your life depended on it, because it does. Read the Bible like your life depended on it, because it does. God is at work within us. God has given us grace, and now he says, stand firm. And it means go and do, because you have been empowered by Jesus Christ himself. He goes with you, and he's in you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, my prayer this morning is that if there's anyone in here who has not received Jesus Christ, that that would be the first thing. Because that was chapters 1 through 3 of Ephesians, Lord, and we need it and we want it. I pray if there's someone here who has not found the blessing and the joy and the wonder of receiving Jesus Christ for salvation, that today would be the day that your spirit would move in and that we would rejoice with them, Lord. But I pray also for anyone here who has received Jesus Christ for salvation. Lord, I pray that they would be empowered by your spirit, by your love, and by your grace to practice the defeat of evil. Lord, I pray that we would be the greatest wrestling team this world has ever known. That we would be able to take evil, Lord, and wrestle it to the ground through the resources that you have given to us. Lord, I pray that you would bless our study now of this armor. And I pray that we would be well equipped to do battle. Lord, I pray that you would also dispel any fears in this room. Lord, the ultimate victory is yours through Jesus. There is no need for us to fear, Lord, but at the same time, there is a need for us to fight with reckless abandon, to push back hard against the darkness. And Lord, teach us to do that even today. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.